0: As I've mentioned before, I record these episodes in batches, and usually I do a batch of about 10 episodes, but I'm doing this one as a bit of a smaller batch, so uh, I don't know why I'm mentioning that. It's just, hey, I'm here doing this, and uh, part of doing this is sharing what I'm doing with you. This is going to be the last episode that I record in this batch, and I thought this would be a good occasion to mention that i love hearing from people who are listening to this whether they are just listening to it and saying something like hey i'm listening to it uh keep going or whether they say hey i listened to this one episode and you mentioned this one thing and i have this thought about it i I love hearing all that kind of stuff anybody who's written in so far thank you so much um that means a lot to me uh anybody who's thinking about writing in with something please do and as a prompt i'm gonna say um it would be really fun for me to do a an episode that had listener questions in it or that was sort of a grab bag of of thoughts and ideas that people have brought up i've done a couple of little things like that before and i think it would be fun to do another one so if you are hearing this and you are thinking about writing in with something do that and then when i start recording the next batch which should be shortly after this episode goes out you know less than a week after it goes out i will uh try and incorporate some of that stuff if anybody sends anything if nobody sends anything i won't mention it again and that will be that uh last episode of this batch is going to be just me talking about a little bit of the data modeling that i'm doing in the design of the the hest system and the editor and and all that and i want to talk about uh, the way that i am thinking about objects and properties and a little bit of how that plays into some of my broader goals with hest so the way that stuff works right now it's very very basic it's uh, it's a prototype it's not supposed to be fancy i'm not i'm not trying to go all Alan k on this and sort of redefine what it means to be doing computation in any meaningful way i am building a little a little toy application in javascript it's just javascript objects when i need to save the current state of whatever you're working on it comes out as a blob of json um the is very simple it's just each and the data model is also very simple it's just each conceptual object within hest is just a bag of properties and each property has a couple of values and there's there's a tiny bit of nesting but not very much there's nothing fancy like um if you know about uh, aos versus soa an array of structs versus a struct of arrays those are two different ways of storing data i'm just doing the array of structs basically so it's you know the scene in Hest that stores all the data about all the objects is just a big long array of each object it's actually not an array it's a hash map with uh, ids because i like to be able to look things up by id rather than just sequentially and and you know javascript lets you loop over both arrays and hashes with equivalent performance so whatever and the you know the other mode of storing these kind of things if you're building a game or something like that sometimes you might use something called a uh, a struct of arrays so that would be the way that you store all your objects is you have let's say each object has a position and a name and an id and let's say a color The array of structs would be an array where each item in the array has a name, ID, position, and color. And the struct of arrays is you have one struct that has a property called ID, and that property is an array where every item in that array is the id for the corresponding sort of conceptual object in your scene and then you have a in that one master struct you have a property called name and it lists all the names and then you have a property called color and it lists all the colors and if you want to rebuild some conceptual entity you just go to some index in each of those arrays and grab the value out of each so the 10th name the 10th color the 10th position the 10th id gives you conceptually the 10th object and that that has some benefits for uh, cache if you are caring about that kind of thing. Um, I'm not. I I just have a big a big <laughs> a big uh, list of all the objects. Each object has its name, its ID. It's I, I, there's a field called type. Um, <sighs> Then there's like position and, and um, information about whether, it, you know, if it's a point, which as I've talked about at the, uh, a couple of episodes ago when I was doing my big thinking about terminology, a point is just a thing that has a position. And so in this conceptual framework, in, in my scene inside Hest, each of these objects may or may not have a position. And I didn't mention this at the time. Oh my goodness, I forgot to mention it. But uh, edges do not have a position. So that's why it's important to have this distinction. Pretty much everything has a position. Edges do not have a position. Edges are entirely defined by the points that comprise them. They have a list of points. So something is a point if it has a position. Something is an edge if it is defined by a list of points. And that list of points is references to other points in the scene. So an edge does not contain the data for its points. It contains references to other points. And so there's a little bit of cross-referencing going on, which means when I serialize stuff to JSON or some other format, I do have to put in some special annotations to mark that, that uh, something is referenced. And then when I reload that data, I have to rehydrate all those references, as it were. So that's, that's kind of conceptually what's going on in the data model, in the implementation. Nothing exciting there. Bog standard. Really boring. Just like prototype, you know, don't care about performance, don't care about conceptual harmony or anything like that or some kind of grand vision. It's just, you know, meat and potatoes. I'm a vegetarian. I don't like that saying. It's just uh, <laughs> uh, gluten and potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> So here's where this gets interesting for thinking about HEST. Um, The way that you work with these things in the HEST editor is it's a big canvas and it's got some user interface elements around the canvas, kind of like your typical vector drawing app, like your Figma or Sketch or Flash or what have you. And one of the things that it has is when there's an object and you're looking at it in the canvas, you see it right there, you can put your finger on it. You can take your mouse over and you can select that object and it it's selected and you can move it around and transform it it's a it's a first class object that that is manipulable Um, when it is selected right now there's a little sidebar off on the right side that lists all of the properties that that object contains and so very much like the data storage format it's got the name of the object and the id and the type And the position, if it is an object that has a position, if you select an edge or something that does not have a position, it has that information there. It's it's got the list of IDs that comprise the edge. And hypothetically, it'd be easy enough to, you know, click one of the IDs in that list and it would select that point or what have you. And, and so and that in that property list, there are also the things that are relevant to the programming model. There is the, you know, if this is a thing that contains data and can participate in execution by being conveyed into a function, that value, that data that it contains is listed there in the sidebar. And you can crack that open and manipulate it however you want. If this thing that you've selected behaves like a function with respect to execution and It's a point-like thing, so it has a position, and that means you can hook edges up to it as the endpoint of the edge. Uh, So if it is an endpoint of an edge and it has some kind of function specified in the sidebar there, that function will be invoked when data arrives at it by conveyance. And so, of course, this is bad. This is quite bad. This is how Unity and Unreal and 3D programs and... 2d programs and everybody does this they have this canvas in the middle you select stuff there's a sidebar properties are in the sidebar that's bad because hest has these principles one of the principles of hest is that things that can be visualized should be visualized and here is something where the relationship between the thing you select and the properties in the sidebar is not visualized it's something that you can manipulate but the way that the relationship between that stuff in the sidebar and the stuff in the main canvas exists is as magic behind the scenes in hest and i've mentioned in the past that one possibility would be that if you make a change to some value in the sidebar a little virtual edge might appear and convey that change from the user interface over to the actual object being manipulated. And that's kind of similar to if you've used the, uh, the, the 2D graphics app, the sort of Photoshop alternative called Pixelmator, it has these pop-up windows that you can open to control certain, you know, control filters or control effects or that kind of thing. And when a pop-up window opens, there's a little physically simulated, like, rope hanging down from the pop-up window that sort of droops down from the floating pop-up window and then comes over and is tied on to the main window interface that launched that pop-up and so you see a little bit of a relationship there and if you wiggle the window around the rope kind of wobbles and flops around and it's playful and it communicates that you know this thing that opened is connected back to that thing over there and so maybe Hest could do something like that um, but that to me is kind of a lipstick on a pig sort of thing i'm a, i'm a, i'm not a vegan so we can put lipstick on our pigs and that to me it feels feels bad it feels like a like a missed opportunity um and so i've been thinking about other ways to do it like i'm really enamored of enamored with enamored of the idea of um having the user interface kind of uh, or okay so let 's start with this. Having the canvas area that you are working with fill the entire screen, fill the entire window, fill the entire space, not having user interface elements around the outside around the periphery, having the whole thing be the be the canvas, and then any user interface elements come up. Um, in the context of whatever you've selected. So if you select some object, all the user interface has to be stuff that floats in space around that object, whether it's some kind of like radial menu that opens up and wraps in a circle around the object and clicking an item in that radial menu opens some expanded view where you can make more manipulations and that sort of thing, but just kind of physically bringing the interface to the object. And, And to me, that's nicer because it transcends the idea of this being a programming model that depends on a screen and the the rectangular kind of frame through which you will view your program it lends itself more nicely to thinking about working in vr or working with uh, some kind of physical representation of the interface if you know if we get holograms or something like that and it just to me it kind of it feels transcendent in a way that i think is valuable um, if if it actually bears that transcendency out. so that's something that I'm I'm thinking about. but just in general backing up a bit, I'm kind of unhappy with this idea of having a sidebar and having this list of properties and that sort of thing. Another example of that is that I mentioned that um, if a, if a, if a point is being used as a function, one of the properties that it has is in the sidebar it mentions that this is a function and currently it, has a reference over there to the implementation of the function and that's weird because right now it's a concession to the fact that all the actual definitions of functions are as primitives as far as the hest model is concerned that are implemented behind the scenes just in javascript or what have you and so if i want to give some point in my scene that's at the end of an edge a function that Let's say it's a function that adds 10 to numbers that come in. Let's keep it really, really basic here. I have to define that add10 function in JavaScript. And then register it, and then from the Hest side, I can in the sidebar type in the name of that function, add ten or whatever it is, and then that's the the function that will be looked up and invoked when when needed. Um, but as soon as I add my own abstraction mechanism and allow you to define functions using Hests programming primitives and graphics primitives within the environment itself, having a function reference be something that's listed in the sidebar is a conceptual mismatch because that suggests that a function has a name, and I don't know that I want functions to have names. Or it might be that it lists the function by ID, but I don't know that I want the IDs of things to be visible. I think that might just need to be an implementation detail. You know, if everything's given a UUID or whatever, I don't want to show that to people unless they really, really need it. So what is it that makes something a function, I mean, it's kind of the same as what is it that makes something a point, something that is a point has a position, something that is a function has a uh, a pocket dimension or another space or its own context or its, or its own scope or whatever you want to say that sort of establishes that within this space, we are defining this thing. And we kind of wrap up that definition and uh, reference it elsewhere but the way in which we reference it shouldn't necessarily require naming or identity or or like a like a i mean it's going to have identity in a conceptual way but but giving it some kind of a label i don't think that i want to commit to the idea of labeling a function i think i i might still like the idea that a function is a thing the definition of a function is a thing that exists in space and that To reference the function for the sake of execution, you are sending things to that space and you are coming back from that space, whether that's like, you know, interdimensional travel through a portal or something like that, or whether it's um, there's a, you know, a single location where that function exists and you have to route an edge over there but the way that edges are rendered is flexible enough to make that journey uh convenient and to make all of those references not turn into visual spaghetti um even if it is conceptual spaghetti because that's programming um so i i um yeah this 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 idea of a sidebar having that kind of user interface it's like it's convenient because I'm borrowing it from a lot of existing tools, but it forces ways of thinking about what it means to program in HEST that are, I think, too rooted in the way that other systems work and that aren't a good fit for the way that HEST works, for HEST's principles, for that very strong sense of space, very strong sense of time, very strong sense of like physical identity for things, f- physical existence, tangibility, and i uh i'm really trying to find a way to make that embodied by the user interface of the hest editor not just by the the physicality of the code that you're building and the and the way it's animated and moving and and playful and that kind of thing i want the the whole experience to to live up to those principles so yeah that's something i'm I'm still thinking about and struggling with and playing with. And so, yeah, that's that's that. Uh, Once again, if you have thoughts, questions, feedback, send it my way. You know how to get a hold of me. Um, Thanks so much. And I'll see you in the next batch.